Hi everybody, this is Amy Ogden, Senior Vice President at J Public Relations. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Priority Status. We're so happy to have you listening today, and I am really, really excited to introduce my guests. They are dialing in from beautiful London, um, and I have Hannah and Siobhan with me. They um, are the founders and creators of London Cocktail Week, and uh, this is a, a incredible event taking place in London in just a couple of weeks. Um, it starts on October 1st. I will let them tell you everything about it. Um, but I'm really excited to have Hannah and Siobhan on here today to talk about not only this event, but where the cocktail space has been, where it is, where it's going, and sort of what you as an international traveler or even just a staycationer can look for in the cocktail scene when you're traveling. So Hannah and Siobhan, thanks so much for joining us today. Hi, how are you? Hi. We're so good. Um, ladies, I would love for you to take the floor and tell our listeners a little bit about each of you and sort of your background, um, and then tell us kind of high level about London Cocktail Week, and then we can go from there. Perfect. We'd love to. So I'm Hannah. I am the founder of London Cocktail Week. And I'm joined today by my colleague, Siobhan, who is now the festival director of the project. We have been working on this for the last nine years. Um, and it started just as kind of something to do. And nine years later, here we are kind of sitting in the middle of it all with two weeks to go to our first event. So exciting to talk about it. Yeah, so London Cocktail Week, it's actually the officially um, biggest cocktail event of its kind in the world. So we attract consumers who are really interested in cocktails and also bartenders who want to learn more about their trade. Um, and I guess maybe part of the reason why we're chatting to you today is that we also attract a number of people who come to London from the rest of the UK, but also internationally, specifically for London Cocktail Week. Or maybe they use London Cocktail Week as an excuse to come um, to London. Um, so, yes, yeah, so it's, it's really exciting and it's really grown a lot over the last, as Hannah said, nine years. Um, last year we had about 25,000 people um, get festival passes and get involved in, in the event. So um, it's, it's pretty good fun. I'll say that. So, so I feel like you guys so casually were like, you know, nine years ago, we had this idea to do this event. Now today we have 25,000 people. Like, take us a little bit more through this. Yeah. Like, how, like, where was this seed of inspiration? You said we kind of just needed something to do. But like, did you have any idea nine years ago it would be what it is today? And what, what do you think it is that made this event such like a landmark event in London each year? We absolutely had no idea, to be quite honest yeah. with you, that nine years ago we would be sitting here now. Um, it, honestly, there were events in, around the world, mainly in America actually, that were hosting kind of cocktail conventions, but they were more for people that worked within the hospitality trade. So we were flying, we were lucky enough, gosh, um, to fly over and be part of those as, as guests. And... Gosh, the at the time, you know, we were we were coming and seeing all this stuff, and we just we just kept thinking the cocktail offering and the scene in London and the hospitality that we offer here is 
may be better because we're allowed to say that because we are from here. Um, so apologies. But, you know, we think it's better. And this, this kind of escalated. And from that, we just thought, why not give this a go ourselves? Which sort of, it literally was as vague as that. Like, let's just give this a go. What you mustn't forget is that nine years ago was 2010 and the world was really, really different. Like Facebook was barely in existence. I mean, we joined it, but it was full of people from school. And, it, you know, it certainly wasn't business changing as it is now. The world was just, a, it kind of was just a bit easier, I guess. So we just rolled our sleeves up and gave something a go. And and the, the premise of what we thought we'd do would be to sign up some venues in London, the best venues in London, which at the time were, were run by our friends because we'd been in hospitality for such a long time. So we asked our friends if they didn't mind putting on a special drink for a week. And then what we thought would happen is that we'd invite our friends and our friends would say, cool, I'll come to London for the week. And then we'd drink in those bars and we'd all have a nice time and then everyone would go home. And what actually happened, because we had PR background, the kind of the, the the sign of success was that something would be in print. So mm. we, because again, it was a long time ago and there certainly wasn't social media in the way it is now. So we sent some press releases out to some local magazines and we gave the tickets away in the first year and, and just told people what we were doing. And in that year one, we gave away, we capped it at 5,000 tickets because that felt like a lot of people that is a lot of people that's a lot of people today yeah yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah, I guess but I I, you know again with hindsight now we'd be like oh lovely only yeah no I mean perspective for sure (laughs) but like for your first event to go well we should cap it at five thousand like that's incredible yeah let's put a lid on this (laughs) exactly so we've allowed five thousand tickets and they all got allocated and because I'd previously run a members club, and so I had that. I, I kind of understood that if you knew who people were, you could kind of keep, keep tabs on them. Yes. Um, necessary, to be honest, when you run a members club. And so all these up, and all these people came and collected their tickets. And I really thought that I would know these five thousand people that went up. Going to be like, oh look, there's you know Bob and Sue and whatnot. But instead. It was 5,000 people that were just completely normal people that lived in London that wanted to be in the hospitality gang for their week. And so, yeah, we ended up with 5,000 people that we've never met before who just loved it. So in year two, we said, okay, well, let's give the tickets away again and just really test that this works. And then, but uncapped. And so we went from 5,000 to 17,000 in the space of a year. Which is, yeah, I mean, this, I mean, it was a free ticket. So as if, it's, if we're talking about business model, it's terrible. But, <laughs> but, but approving a model, <laughs> it, was, it was interesting. Um, and yeah, so 17,000 people turned up in year two. And we thought, oh, right, this has probably got legs. And, and yeah, and, and to be honest, from ve- those very humble beginnings of zero budget and zero you know, no, we ran it off pocket lint, to be quite honest with you. Um, yeah, here we are. And the, the great thing about it was actually quite early on, as well as consumers coming along and really loving it and, and getting involved, the brands saw the potential too. Um, and they were putting on 
parties and pop-ups and all sorts of things as part of London Cocktail Week, which kind of added gravitas to our event and got, you know, got more people along and got more press. And that's actually continued. And the, the stuff that happens as part of London Cocktail Week, there's some fantastic brand events that happen, um, which, you know, add add to the gravitas of the event, which is so great for us. And that brand support has stayed um, over the last nine years, which is great. That's really amazing. So it sounds like, you know, I, I know that there are people listening who are thinking, they maybe have an idea for some sort of an annual event or activation. And if I'm hearing right, it sounds like a lot of the success started with good timing, you know, kind of getting in when some things were taking off. But more than that, at the beginning, it sounds like there was success in offering the the tickets complimentary because you didn't need to build trust. You have to build trust to sell tickets. But when they're complimentary, people kind of took a risk because there was no cost, but then you delivered. And so then over time they were then dedicated, you know, they enjoyed the event and then they were willing to pay for it because they'd gone to it and knew that you would deliver on the promise of this really amazing activation, right? Yeah, exactly. And lots of people ask like, you know, why, you know, I've got this idea, where do I start? Mm -hmm. And I think that's probably one of the questions that, that we get asked the most. And for me, the answer is always the same. It's like, just lean in and try. And roll your sleeves up and give something a go because you'll soon you know people soon know if something doesn't stick and it doesn't feel authentic but when it does and when it is you know one of we really feel like the success for us of this is that it is just us I mean obviously we're a bigger team now and it's just all of us but but really Siobhan and I have been here been loyal for, for all this time and and that stands for quite a lot so I just think like any if anything is proof that anything is possible it's this but also to not underestimate that it is very hard work (laughs) and I I think you have to go into it for the right reasons so there are copycat events around the UK and also around the world and people have kind of looked at what we've done and said oh we could totally do that in our city and make loads of money everyone thinks we make loads of money which isn't true sadly but um you, you do have to do it for the love of it a bit because it is such hard work um, and you have to appreciate that stuff like this takes a lot of time and a lot of a lot of sweat and tears. People used to say to us, "What do you do the rest of the year?" Oh, <laughs> the other the the other three hundred and fifty eight days a year. You're like, well, <laughs> that's hysterical. Um, yeah, I, you know, I totally hear what you're saying, and you can tell you guys are so authentic and passionate about this because. I hear this all the time. People are like, well, I want to throw this event to make money. And I'm like, there are 8 million other ways uh-huh. to make money other than doing an event. In fact, you will likely lose money or at least like lose, you know, your zest for life it's unless sanity. you really, really want to do this. That's what you're asking yeah. for. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's events are, they look glitzy from the outside, but the actual execution is, is a lot of work. And so you have to love it and you have to believe in it. Um, Something that's yeah. been coming up in the travel space so much is what we call like spirited travel. You know, it's this travel trend where travelers are seeking out like immersive, local, and cool beverage experiences. So I feel like you both must just be, you know, a, just a vast array of information about spirited travel and travel, you know, around sort of experimenting with different um cocktails and beverage experiences in cities what are some things you're seeing in the kind of the travel meets cocktail space 
Well, first of all, that just just to kind of interject in the most organic way that a business can grow. We now actually run a business called Drink Up London, which is drinkup.london, which is like a 365 uh, what to do in London with with good booze. So that kind of spiraled off the back of London Cocktail Week and has been one of the things that where the business has kind of grown. So that idea, exactly that, that, you know, you kind of get dropped in London, whether that's for, you know, your own travel or for corporate travel of this, like, okay, where do I start? That's, that's something that we picked up on and, and that we work really hard on because actually it's, you know, it's so easy to have a terrible drink or a terrible meal when actually there's so much great stuff. So that's, that's kind of something that's come off the back of it. But in terms of what we've seen here in London, especially there is lots of kind of all day or whatever immersive experiences, especially around gin. Um, I'm sure gin is just as huge everywhere, but here, especially like the home of London dry gin, it's uh, yeah, there's lots and lots of distilleries popping up all over the place that all do really brilliant day trips and, you know, make your own or cocktail creations, whatever it might be. But there's there, there's definitely a growth on that here. That's really cool. I was in uh, Palm Beach in Florida this past weekend staying at a hotel in Palm Beach and they did in the middle of the day like a gin cart where they would go around to the tables and mix gin cocktails. So I feel like gin is having a moment for sure. It definitely is here. But he, so here we, I reckon we must have four or five different venues where you can actually make your own gin there and then. Oh, wow. You take it away with you. Yeah, it's really amazing. That's really fantastic. So, um, you know, one one thing that's been on my mind knowing we were going to talk is um, I feel like the the cocktail spirits and even sort of, sort of the nightlife world, you know, for the most part has been traditionally a bit more on the male side. And here you are, two women running the biggest cocktail festival in the world, um, which I think is amazing and so cool. And have you seen, um, I don't know, what have you seen in that space as far as maybe women even embracing, um, you know, cocktails that maybe were traditionally not thought of as, or, you know, what's it like being women and leading as leaders in this space? What kind of feedback have you had? First off, we are an all girl team. So it's not just the two of us. There are seven of us uh, that that run the business, Um, all girls, not necessarily because we actively sought out to only hire women, but actually the skill set that our girls have brought forward to us have been the right people for the job each time. So yeah, we kind of we don't we don't see boys very often, to be honest. So we think the drinks industry is predominantly female. I love that. Um, it's all perspective, yeah. right? Exactly. Yeah. I think for sure, if you're just talking about bartenders and people working in cocktail bars, I think there certainly is a male skew on that, and and we could talk probably for hours about why that might be. But actually, to be honest, our experience is that it's in the cocktail industry as a whole, it's actually fairly balanced between men and women. And a lot of the women in the most, um, in the most authoritative positions or the the positions with most power, um, are actually women rather than men, um, is, is our experience. That's great. Certainly, as I said, the, the people working in venues, there's definitely a skew towards men. Um, but we don't feel that we're in the minority in our industry at all. And in terms of our guests, we actually see the higher proportion of of people that book tickets 
are women on our site. Um, now, whether that's because women are making the plans or because they just really like cocktails more, but we are, yeah, we are kind of 60, 40 of our, of our readership and our guests is, is women. Okay. I like that. Yeah, I feel like women definitely are like (laughs) oftentimes more of the planners of the group, you know, so even if the group is five men and five women, you know, usually the women tend to be more, just just the cruise directors of the social scene. (laughs) I know every group I've ever been in my entire life, I've always been the one like buying the tickets, making the plans, telling everyone what we're doing. Um, (laughs) That's really great. And then, you know, if, if anyone is headed to London, I, you know, I would, I started visiting London uh, when JPR opened our London office and fell in love with this city and was, year was that? blown away. What's that? What year was that? Oh, what year was that? In? That was a few years ago. Yeah. So uh, maybe 2015, 2016. And okay. I, I did not go to London for the food. It didn't even occur to me that the culinary and cocktail scene would be what it was. And I was absolutely blown away by the culinary and the cocktail scene in that city. It was unbelievably elevated and risky and cool and just not what I expected. And so, um, I think it's so fitting that this, you know, largest cocktail event in the world happens in London because really London pushes the envelope when it comes to the culinary and the cocktail scene. So I think it's a really cool city. Happy to agree with you, Amy. Yeah. What um, if someone has London on their list, either if they're coming for this event or if they are just planning a trip? What are a couple of your favorite bars or even hotel bars in London? Or you could do around the world as well. If there's any around the world that you're like, I have to say this. Oh man, that's a lot. Um, a difficult one. We love hotel bars, Siobhan and I. If we were going to have a night out, we probably would mince into somewhere really fancy because I just there's something about a London I whether or not it's just in London but where we have some really established venues so obviously the Savoy comes to mind but on top of that you know even even some of the more modern like Dandelion at the Mondrian you know there's just something about walking into the lobby the smell of the lobby then you're sort of ushered through into the bar it's yeah that would be that would be a fairly nice night out and and actually if you were a tourist coming in if you want to see some of the most decadent, I guess, probably is the right word, but maybe also like uh, imaginative menus, they actually are hosted in those hotel bar spaces because they have the budget and the time and the the kind of the, the care to put so much into their menus. Um, then, yeah, then London has, it has every little corner of London is different. So East London is, is kind of a little bit more a bit edgier. It's more owner-operated venues. So there's lots of spaces there that are run by, thankfully run by friends of ours that are just, they're really doing like really great stuff, really pushing forward. Where would we say? Satan's Whiskers is Satan's delicious. Whiskers. Coupette um, on, in Bethnal Green is run by a guy who's ex-Savoy, but he's gone across and opened up in, in East London. It's a brilliant venue. There's, there's a lot. Sega and Wild is another one that's really fantastic. There's, oh, yeah. there's just so many, and we're really privileged to to be working with a lot of those um, for London Cocktail Week, which is really great. Um, 
And I feel like yeah. a lot of our listeners, if they go to drinkup.london, you've got you've got so many lists of amazing places there too. And well, do you know what? Everything on that list is handpicked by our team. So yeah. obviously, I mean, there must be thousands and thousands of bars in London. We only have about four or 500 on our site because actually we really believe they're the best four or 500 bars. We're really privileged that 300 of those are relevant and right for cocktail week. So actually for the whole week from the 1st till the 7th of October, 300 of these best bars in London will be serving six pound cocktails for those that have got a festival pass. So it's an amazing, amazing discount and a chance to, rather than feel overwhelmed by cocktail prices, which here in London are expensive, like kind of minimum now is like 12, 13, 14 pounds and anything up to maybe 25 pounds a drink now which is pretty unbelievable that the world has gone like that but um for the whole week of cocktail week all our 300 bars serve one signature serve for six pounds which is supposed to be the best representation of their bar that they can they can dream up so it's it really democratizes the 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 kind of the marketplace really and allows anybody because our tickets are only 10 pounds still after all these years um note to self must change business model um but (laughs) You know, just for that, just to pay that £10 to be in the gang for a week, your drinks all week are just £6, which really makes people try things. It makes people taste product that they maybe don't know what it is or they didn't think they liked. It means they go to venues that they might have not heard of or they might have felt intimidated by. It just really opens the city up, which is one of the best things that we do at London Quarter. We, we love it. You're, you're so right. I think I, you've said so many things right now that I, I want to kind of expand upon first of all hotels yes like I've worked in hotels now for so many years and realized you know and the hotel space has changed over the last several years too but hotel bars are where it's like even I live in New York and when I'm going out to meet someone for drinks or dinner I will my first choice is always a hotel bar and restaurant they're so well done yet there's something about them that feels special because you enter through this beautiful lobby the food, the cocktails are always incredibly well done. But also I always think kind of the crowd is very interesting because it's usually a mix of locals and travelers. Um, it's just, a, it's just, it feels special. I don't know who else to say it, but I will yeah. always and choose I think, a hotel bar or restaurant. It's the care that these guys are allowed to take over their beverage program. You know, it's, it's unrivaled that you can't, in a small bar where you're paying your own rent, you know, in the, in the, in the back end of somewhere like, you know, it's, I get it. It's difficult. But when, when you're in such an amazing space, when that's your showcase, you know, the, the opportunities that are afforded these guys, is just amazing. So I think hence why they're so excellent. I think it's great. So as we wrap up, I want to make sure our listeners are really clear on how they can attend London Cocktail Week and what they can expect when they buy a ticket, which, as you said, is only £10, which is about $13 US. Um, can you give the listeners sort of the high level of how can they attend or get a ticket and then what is their experience during the week with that ticket? Well, just to note, actually, if anyone is flying in from the US um, on the first couple of days of London Cocktail Week, um, Virgin Airlines, who are our official airline of London Cocktail Week, um, are doing cocktail flights, especially for London Cocktail Week. So a number of flights coming into London during that time are going to have some famous bartenders on making cocktails for everyone. Regardless of which uh, which level you're traveling. So whether you're economy for or business, cocktails are made for everybody on those flights. That's fantastic. Which is I love that exciting. collaboration. You guys, that's really, really cool. 
so fun. We were so excited about it. Um, and we were lucky enough to go on the airplane ourselves and try some cocktails. Which is, <laughs> we, we liked it. We're particularly market research. <laughs> it's just all in the name of market research. <laughs> Very we important. Had, we had to come to New York. We just had to. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. honestly, that's a really, really cool collaboration. I love that you're doing that with Virgin. Thank you, yeah. Um, but, I mean, on the basic level of just the way to get involved with the festival, so you buy a festival pass on drinkup.london. That's our website. Um, you activate that on your phone. And then from there, you can go round to our partner bars. Uh, to try those six-pound cocktails that Hannah was talking about earlier. Um, and we've also created a whole cocktail village um, in East London, which is 40 pop-up bars in one massive space, all serving cocktails. Um, and that's entry for free with your festival pass that you get from Drink Up London. Um, and then there's a number of events. So on Drink Up London, there's a whole schedule of events that are happening. So if you want to get a bit geeky and learn how to make your own drinks or if you want to go to a fun cocktail party or there's so much going on um I guess the, the base for finding out everything is our website so that's drinkup.london drinkup.london um, I love it I mean I feel like I need to book a flight to London now so I can be there <laughs> next week um <laughs> so welcoming Hannah and Siobhan, this has really been a pleasure. I think your passion um, for the cocktail space is incredible, but I think even more so your leadership in, like you said, democratizing cocktails and creating an opportunity for so many people to experiment and try um, you know, try cocktails or even just visit places in London that maybe they hadn't been before. It sounds like you've really brought the city together with this event. And um, it's just been such a pleasure having you both. So I know you're probably working the longest days of your year right now, getting ready <laughs> with the event around the corner. So um, as a reminder to our listeners, the event is the world's biggest cocktail festival, London Cocktail Week. It takes place from October 1st through the 7th in London. And if you go to drinkup.london, that's where you can buy tickets, learn more about it. And um, I think ne next year I'm going to have to definitely plan one of my London visits around this event. I need to come and oh, be a part of it. It sounds so great. To see that. All right, ladies. Well, thank you again for your time. Listeners, thank you for thank tuning you so in to, thank you. Listeners, thank you again for tuning in to another episode of Priority Status. I hope you learned something new today. Hope you're inspired to visit London during London Cocktail Week. And as always, travel elevated.